Welcome everyone to Coffee with Colby. Uh, we are glad that you're here with us again. Uh, I'm KT. I'm the youth minister here at the Winsboro Church of Christ, and I'm here with Colby. Yeah, I'm Colby Clapp, preaching minister at the Winsboro Church of Christ. So we are excited to join y'all for a little conversation this morning, and uh, we have, a, I think, a good topic to get into. But before we do, I wanted to mention your mug there that you're hiding <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it is a wonderful little mug. Uh, Hopefully people can see that. It's a little bit yeah. cheesy. It says, you've been mugged. <laughs> the church I was at in Oklahoma, they gave these out to visitors. And when actually... <laughs> One lady in particular was really good at following up on our visitors and mm-hmm. going to their house and mugging them. And that's how much <laughs> she said, I'm going to go mug somebody today. I said, you go right ahead, June. Uh, that's awesome. We had a whole case of these. So it was oh, mine. And cool, cool. So, and I'm, I thought I'd add to my coffee cup collection. I got that one last week from Simone's daughter. And yeah. I have another one in my office that I brought from the house that's my... Uh, a coffee mug they made for the mm-hmm. church I grew up in. Right. Uh, and uh, it's pretty, it's got a neat design on it, too. I have to Maybe next week. So Sounds just, like we have to make coffee mugs now. <laughs> <laughs> Give it the times. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure this is with the times, but right. it's a... Uh, but, hey, it's a cool mug. It's a good I like idea. It. I mean, it's a neat <laughs> thought, I guess, a neat yeah. gesture. So but Absolutely. You've been mugged. Yeah. Well, uh, this morning, this is Thursday, actually. Thursday morning, we're recording this. And uh, we went and saw a little bit of what was going on over at the senior center, mm-hmm. center this yeah, morning. and put out a call for help to come yeah. box things up a little bit because mm-hmm. they're trying to salvage what they can salvage from right. the fire. And I, I was just going to mention, you know, uh, I think that they've got people coming to help and move and everything. And um, they seem to be okay. If not, obviously somebody comment and let us know otherwise. But mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there. If anybody would like to reach out to them and maybe see if we could, you know, give something to them, then by mm-hmm. all means, uh, I'm sure there are people here that know who to contact and everything. But um, that's certainly something that maybe during COVID hasn't really been utilized too much. But in the coming months, as we start to open back up, I'm sure going to uh, need a senior center. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to kind of throw that out there to everybody this morning. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you're available you know. on Saturday, she thought about 9 or 10, they'd be loading up some trailers mm, and taking perfect. the stuff we boxed up today Yeah, over to um, downtown where they're going to store yes. it in the meantime. While thought that they'd probably demolish that building, but maybe yeah. rebuild. But hey. uh, she wasn't sure, but something. It's Hopefully. up in the air for now, but at least get what they can out. So if right. you're free Saturday and want to load up some trailers for them, yeah. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. If you're not heading to the wedding. <laughs> that is true. There is a wedding there coming is. up this weekend, so it's there exciting. Indeed. There's a lot going on. There is. There is. Man, isn't it crazy how we go from these like months of just nothing trying to do something mm-hmm. to, I mean, man, every every day it's something new. So yeah. well, and it's a good thing, though. Don't know how normal the wedding's going to be, but yeah. it's actually a really encouraging thought just to know that there's an actual wedding <laughs> right. that's going to happen. Absolutely. And that people can celebrate. Absolutely. And actually, there's a passage in, uh, is it Jeremiah? I think it is. Whenever 
you know, the Israelites have been exiled. Maybe it's Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. They've been taken into Babylonian captivity. I bet it's Ezekiel. I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but he tells them, settle down, mm-hmm. build houses, get married. Right. Ha- no, have children. You're mm-hmm. going to be here a long while. Right. Make it home. Mm-hmm. But we are going to go back to the promised land. We are going to go back to the land of Israel. Yeah. And, and they were there for, I mean, 70-ish years. Mm-hmm. I mean, different groups came at different times and different groups left whenever they were finally, you know. Right. But it was a, a, about 70 years, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a, right at a very long generation or in Bible times more like two generations. And yeah. so, but he's like, you know, but he's writing to him, tell him, you know, you've lost your home. Yep. Things are crazy. They've collapsed. You've mm-hmm. been taken into a place you don't know, kind of like what we are now. Right. But he says, it's okay. Go get married. Yeah. Have a good life. Right. Build your life. And it's a good thing. So, don't don't put everything on hold. Yeah. Now, li- yeah. Life does go on, even yes. in Babylonian captivity. Oh, yeah. But it's not going to last forever, but life goes on. So I, I, right. it, it is incredibly encouraging to yes. know that there's going to be a wedding. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Start of something new for someone, yeah. I think, is absolutely that, that's a cool thought. Mm-hmm. So this this week we kind of talked about maybe posing a question for us, and uh, hopefully people can respond and let us know what they think about this topic. But I'm going to let you ask the question this week, as okay. you kind of kind of formulated it and let you say it the way you'd like to. But uh, pose that question for us, and then we'll we'll get into it a little bit. We'll see I guess. if I say it the right way, but. Uh... <laughs> I'm what sure we, you will. What we were discussing, and uh, some of what we discussed in our Wednesday night Bible class, is what's God's perspective or approach to unholiness. Now, my sermons mm. have been about holiness, right. how in our relationship with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we are made holy, and we embrace that holiness and live out mm-hmm. that holiness. But obviously, unholiness is around. Um, it exists mm-hmm. in large measure here in our broken, fallen world. And so when it's there, what's God's um, approach or just his response, natural maybe? reaction, his response? Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought we could start by looking as far as a place to begin to answer that question with uh, the flood. I went yeah. back in Genesis chapter 6 and uh, Noah and the ark. And uh, no, Noah and the ark and the animals two by two. Mm-hmm. Generally, that's a, um, often relegated to a children's story. True. It is not a children's story. <laughs> it's a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of them, man. And, uh, the Bible is not a children's book. I mean, we can uh, take it and use it to teach our children, which we should. Mm-hmm. And then God said, you teach these things to your children, but it's not a children's book. Right. Um, it's not G or PG or I'd say even PG-13. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some rough stuff in there. Yes. And some of it is laid out very explicitly. Uh, other things are just, when you really think about it, as in the story mm-hmm. of the flood and Noah and the ark, it's like, hmm, that's, some, that's pretty heavy. Right. I mean, for so many people to die, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to be drowned in the waters of the flood. 
and obviously grace was there because God carried right. Noah through in the ark and his family. Uh, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, but a lot of people did not. Mm-hmm. And so there was much death, destruction. Um, and we think yeah. about the floods happening now in Alabama and Florida and the floods that happened mm-hmm. last year in Houston. Was it last year? Two mm-hmm. years ago. Whenever Harvey hit, was that? That seems. That like, was eighteen. Seems like decades at this it point. Does. <laughs> Goodness, a different lifetime ago. And it was, For I real? think it was two years ago when Harvey hit. Uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong right. in the comments, but uh, but no, the 40, 50 inches that fell on the Houston mm-hmm. area. I mean, just yeah, mind-boggling amount. And of course, that doesn't come close to the biblical flood no, idea, certainly of covering mountains. And, you know, the destruction, the devastation, and while loss of life has been there, it hasn't been astronomical, but obviously right. it would have been in the days of Noah. And like, and, and to see that as God's response in that, at least, point in history, mm-hmm. uh, his response to unholiness, right? Uh, it's uh, yeah. unsettling, to say the least. I, think, I mean, for uh, a preacher so. even, it's, uh, it's unsettling. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I kind of mentioned to you earlier, last night our, our youth talked about the question, uh, does God endorse violence, mm-hmm. right? And that's a question that I think us as adults have faced with, you know, probably friends or, or people that we know having conversations about it and, and saying things like, well, how could you love a God or how could you follow a God uh, who is so violent, right? And particularly bringing up a lot of Old Testament stuff. Um, yeah. As, as we understand. And one of the things that one of the kids said and kind of asking the questions of like, you know, well, if that's all you had to go off of, just the story of Noah, looking at it that way of, yes, there were eight people and all these animals in the ark, but outside in the water and literally dying is thousands, who knows how many people mm-hmm. and all the other creatures, Right. If that's all you had to go off of, how would you describe God? And one kid mm-hmm. said favoring, which was interesting. Uh-huh. I, I like that word. But they said favoring amidst all these others of like, you know, well, if that's all I had to go off of, then I'd probably think things like cruel, harsh, impatient, um, unforgiving, mm-hmm. things like that. Certainly not words that we typically choose to describe God by. Yeah. Whereas um, God himself doesn't use to describe himself. Not at all, because they're not true. <laughs> but uh, for the sake of the conversation, uh, the word favoring came up, and I wasn't so sure that that was used in terms of a good light, per se, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was amidst all these other words, and it's like, well, you know, you, com- you compare that to, like, God shows shows no partiality, no right? Respect like, of persons, he's yeah. no respecter of persons, and so it's like, but yet he does show favor. He does show favor, and anyway, I found that interesting. To where maybe your question there is, what is God's approach to unholiness? Uh-huh. I think it comes through his his response tends to come through those who he favors, and it's not just any random Joe Smo that he just chooses out of random. Mm-hmm. It's those that surrender to him and follow him. And those that... Seek holiness. 
Yeah. And think about, you know, God's favor to Abraham mm-hmm. um, is based on faithfulness. Right. Um, and, but you also have the idea, I mean, I, I don't think it's random, I agree with you, mm-hmm. but you do have the random idea of, like in uh, Romans chapters 9, 10, 11, and he uses the phrase, you know, I will have favor on whom I have favor, and I right. will reject or punish who I'll punish mm-hmm. or forget the negative side. Talking right. about Pharaoh. Right. I will harden who I will harden. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you do see a strain in Scripture of God did not choose or favor people because they deserved it. Right. He favored them to show his favor. So he still right. did it very much on purpose and planned it out. True. But he didn't favor Jacob, True. the kind of con man cheat that he was, because, yep. you know, Jacob was so wonderful. Right. He favored Jacob because, like, I'm going to use you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, so, and I think he favored Noah in, very, in the same way. That, you know, uh, yeah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord that, you know, Noah found that favor. Um, is that to say that was, Noah was a perfect man? No, he, blameless, I think, is what Scripture says. Right. Um, uh, that he wasn't letting guilt rest on him. That's why I think of blamelessness. You know, right. Blameless is not perfection, but it's not mm. living in a perpetual state of... That's a good thought. Where uh, guilt just sits and stays, but rather right. he pushes the guilt off through his... Actions of isn't it Paul that says you know my heart doesn't convict me or exactly, whatever yeah, condemn me that, uh, yeah that, you know I I face my guilt right and I handle my guilt and I re- repent against my guilt right and I strive to separate myself from my guilt mm-hmm. and I think that's how we find ourselves that's how that, you move forward yeah in that blameless right. position um. Where nobody can point and say, uh, what, what about that? It's like, well, no, he's taking care of that. He's made right. amends for that. He, yeah. he, he's corrected that. And, you know, and he's actively kind of like, um, I think about um, Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. who told Jesus yeah. that I will repay fourfold if mm-hmm. I have cheated anybody. Yes. I will. And in that <laughs> moment, you know, he's blameless. He said, well, is that Zacchaeus is a cheater. Oh, yeah, but did you hear? Yeah. He, you know, Used every last penny he had mm-hmm. to make it make it right. Yeah. That's, that's blamelessness, not perfection, but that's blamelessness. So, right. I think that's Noah, and I think God did favor that. But I think also it wasn't just oh well, there's a, a good guy and he deserves right. it, and the other guys don't deserve it. No, it's God's intention to save, yeah. which Peter talks about in First and Second Peter, as far as you know, God chose to save the mm-hmm. world through. That water, right? Just like baptism, you know, he makes that connection. Sure. And uh, so, I say his response to unholiness that I see shown through Noah and the flood and other places as well is he doesn't ignore it, mm-hmm. and he addresses it um, through lots of means. Mm-hmm. I would say violence is not off the table by any right. means. Um, then I don't think it means God condones it, uh, but uh, I would say 
God does handle it in some very stark and sometimes troubling or shocking ways. But in the course of Scripture, that favor's always—I I like your idea of that favor's always been there, and it's mm-hmm. always been pushing forward Absolutely. that salvation from one generation to the next and the next, and obviously right. culminating in Jesus. As that, and true. And one word I find. You said you kind of pose the question of describe God and mm-hmm. the story of Noah and the flood. Well, what the Bible, the word the Bible uses to describe God in that moment is he's grieved. Yeah. The God, God exactly. was grieved that he had made man. Right. And so he wasn't just angry. He wasn't just, you know, stomping his feet, throwing a tantrum. He was heartbroken. Right. When he looked at what we had done. It's his creation. Um, and his creation, and we were the crown jewel of his creation, and we ruined it. Yeah. And so, I mean, heartbroken for the world we had messed uh-huh. up and heartbroken for the fact that his own child had been the one, you know, that had been broken it. Um, yeah. Uh, his own children. And so he, yeah. he was, you know, Genesis chapter 6, God was grieved in his spirit. Right. So it wasn't just a matter of, Huffing and puffing and blowing the house down. It's, uh, I can't, I hate this. Yeah. What can I do? Right. Well, can't let the unholiness persist. And that's, uh, to me, that is God's hmm. response to unholiness is he doesn't just let it go. None let it be. Indefinitely. No. He can't. He's a just God. So unholiness right. will be dealt with. Hmm. Maybe not in the immediate, but it will, it's, be reconciled, and it was reconciled with the flood. But and in that case, it was violent, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. What uh, about in the case of I think another rarely, potentially, great children's <laughs> story, uh, Jonah. Yeah. How about in the story of Jonah? You know where, uh, which we'll get into. Obviously, Jonah's response as to why he did what he did. But you know, God comes to Jonah and says, "Jonah, go to Nineveh. Uh, these people are." horrible they're they're not living for me they're doing all sorts of sin Take bad people to them. big time unholiness happened in there yep and jonah says you know what i think i'm gonna go to tarshish that was a good word that was fun for the kids to read the other yep. night but anyway uh go to he's gonna go to tarshish and, and get out of there right and of course as we know the story goes that jonah gets thrown overboard because of the big storm that comes, and whenever he gets thrown overboard, he spends three days and nights in the belly of a big fish, Mm -hmm. right? And I think about that story, and I say, okay, Nineveh, you could say there was unholiness there. There's unholiness happening. And what is God's response? What is his approach? He's trying to send a prophet, send one of his people to confront it, not with, you know a flood not with a sword or any of that but to go and and preach and preach repentance and invite them to turn away from it right Mm -hmm. and so i I think it's interesting that there's that stark contrast right that Mm -hmm. the difference between in the time of noah which obviously said that pretty much nobody was blameless other than noah pretty much Mm -hmm. but then you have the story of jonah and it's completely different approach but he did approach it, right? Yeah, he didn't so, just shrug it off and say, oh, well, what are you going to do? Exactly. It's not God's approach to unholiness. Exactly. With Nineveh, I mean, in, in the story of Noah you know, and the flood, 
the, the wording used is that filled the earth with violence. Yep. As far as God's approach to violence, well, in some ways, the flood was responsible for that we had filled up the earth with violence. Right. Um, and and not a single thought, you know, was... It was evil constantly. Yeah, and then the, the, the right. emanations of their heart, or whatever the phrasing is, you know, yeah. you know, it was constantly evil, yeah. But in Noah, toward the end, whenever God's having a conversation with Noah, uh, after Nineveh has repented... Oh, you mean Jonah? Jonah, yeah. sorry. You're good, you're good. Jonah, Noah, Moses, yeah. they're all the same. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, preacher, keep trying to keep them straight. All right. Um, but, but yes, at the, Jonah, end of Je- at the end of Jonah... At the end of Jonah, mm-hmm. God uh, tells... Jonah, who's upset because yeah. he wanted to see it burned to the ground, right? Said, uh, "You don't have compassion. You care more about that tree that gave you a shade yeah. for a couple hours, but yeah. you you don't have any care or concern for the people who don't know the right hand from the left." Yeah, and that's the phrase God uses there. It's like you know, yeah. <laughs> there is unholiness, but it, a lot of it comes from simple um, ignorance. Yeah. And, uh, and and I mean, it doesn't necessarily know. come from an evil heart. It just comes from people helplessly not knowing right. what to do. And God wanted to give them the opportunity to change what they do. Definitely. And what does what does Jonah say in response to that? He says, "I knew. Yeah, I knew that you were forgiving God. I, I knew, knew you were going to be forgiving." <laughs> I knew you were going to forgive them yeah. and be patient with That's them. That's why I ran and went the other way. Right. And it's like, okay. I knew that, it. I knew what kind of God you were. That's Old Testament, too. So what kind of reputation does the God who sent the flood have in the Old Testament? Mm-hmm. Well, for people like Jonah, he's still new. a merciful and a gracious and a forgiving God uh-huh. was his reputation even then. And anyway, I think that's such a cool idea. It of is. What is God's response to unholiness? I think maybe the question is, does God respond to unholiness? And the answer is absolutely. Yes. And he, he can choose how. <laughs> depending on the situation, he can certainly choose the process for Depending on the that. situation and depending on what we need to learn. Exactly. Because uh, I think about... I mentioned Nadab and Abihu a few weeks ago in my sermon. Mm-hmm. And we think, well, that's Old Testament. Well, what about Ananias and Sapphira? Right. New Testament. Exactly. And they had one little bitty white lie. It was even a half lie, not even a whole lie. Yeah. Just a little bitty and half then, lie. And what, what response did that cause for the people? Yeah. The church was like, uh. oh. I think because the All statement right. needed to be said, just like has been reinforced in different, mm-hmm. different times, of... You take my holiness seriously. Absolutely. It's nothing to take lightly. You are still worshiping and serving God Almighty. And the gift you would bring. In Absolutely. In the case of Ananias Fire. Absolutely. You know, it's not just something just to shrug off. This yeah. is you, it's connected directly to the very nature and holiness of God is the gift that we would bring him. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, God needed to show the church you take yes. it lightly. Absolutely. Uh, but in other times, and we brought this up in Wednesday night, last night, uh, like David, mm-hmm. Jesus made the point of quoting to the Pharisees, don't you remember the story in your right. you know, vacation Bible schools whenever David went into the sanctuary and he and his men ate the, ate bread, the bread 
of the presents. Of the presents that he was not supposed to eat. It was for Levites only. David was not a Levite. The tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. And so he was forbidden to eat of it, and yet he ate of it. Uh, and God yep. was okay with it in that moment. Um, yep. And so because in that moment he didn't need to teach David and his followers or those around or us looking back on it later about the uh, immutable holiness mm-hmm. that maybe he did through uh, Nadab and Abihu, but in that moment... You know, his other character yeah. that Jonah full well knew, yep. forgiving, graceful, patient. Exactly. That he cares about people, not just about rules. And that's what Jesus is pointing out when he quotes that to the Pharisees. Right. That, you know, you're so about these rules. That you even know what who, what God you serve? Yep. The God you serve is not a God that just cares about rules. He cares about his children. I require mercy, not sacrifice. Yeah, and so and Jesus all the time. Then <laughs> you study the Bible so much, and you still have no clue right. the nature of God. Yeah, uh, because you miss that. Now they also missed that. Again, Jesus pointing out on the flip side of that coin. Uh, when he was pointing out their hypocrisy whenever they would um, uh, label things as Corbin. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know, you're told in Scripture to honor your father and your mother, which isn't yep. just do what mom and dad says. It's honor them throughout right. your whole life. And in some ways, just take care of them in their mm-hmm. old age. Exactly. There was no Medicare Yep. nursing home system and even in nursing home systems you still take care of your mom and dad right. you know it would be the biblical approach but now then that, that wouldn't even option it's like mm. you know your parents over there they're too old to work well they took care of you and diapers now you go take care right. of them in many ways they still live with you yeah and, and in you're many in the, these larger groups mm-hmm. and clans and and so you honor your parents. Right. And so, and Jesus said, but you guys made a loophole. Mm-hmm. You guys made a loophole that said, well, when I die, I'm going to give all my money to the church, the synagogue, the temple, whatever. Yep. <sighs> Sorry, mom and dad, I don't have any to give to you. So, I mean, pretty much it's like, I can't give you money now to help you not starve to death or lose right. your house or whatever. What am I supposed so, to not give to God? So, uh, but yeah, so, because I'm giving what I got to God. But exactly. in the meantime, well, it's Corbin, so it'll go to go when I die, but I get to use it in the meantime. Right. So, but mom and dad, I can't let you have it. Or, you know, the stranger right. on the side of the road, the man beaten up by the exactly. story of the Good Samaritan. I can't help you. My stuff's Corbin, so right. not for you. And Jesus obviously exposes mm-hmm. the flaw in that as far as, you know, you've, there's no loopholes in holiness. You no. guys have tried to make loopholes in holiness. You don't understand the God. I mean, right. either you don't understand his compassion and yep. his mercy that he desires mercy and not sacrifice, mm-hmm. or you don't understand the all-encompassing holiness of God because you think you can make a loophole. Right. How brazen well, is even, that to say, I can get around the command and do it, see, get it to serve yeah. myself whenever... We're talking about God here. And it hasn't... Even though you know it, you know what God has said. Mm-hmm. You don't know what God has said. It's like the God distance is. between here and here, right? Yeah. It's like... This can know it all day long, but until it hits here, then I think, uh, yeah, absolutely. Until you, I think that's part of holiness, yeah. honestly. Well, it's the difference in it's being children of your father, not yes. just being 
a rule follower yes. of a rule giver. Exactly. It's being children of your father. Having exactly. the same desire for holiness that your father yep. has. Uh, well, speaking of that guy that went and ate the bread of the presence, right? Mm-hmm. You know, talking about a man after God's own heart. Like, it's like, sure, he made us, he made a lot of mistakes. Big ones. Big Huge time. Ones. But you know what? He seeked after God yeah. with his whole heart. He did. And it's something I hope that we are able to say. Yep. Yeah. And then, I guess to wrap this up, we ought to might as well mention the biggest way that God approached unholiness. <laughs> yep. And just in, you know, sending Jesus in the first right. place. And so I figure we might get a comment afterwards if we don't say don't that. Don't bring but, that up, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, talk about the best way and, you know, dare I say, once for all in that regard. And yeah. he, he took... He took the consequence of unholiness exactly. upon himself, right. rather than having it constantly hanging over our head. Exactly, and that's what the author of Hebrews talks about, and mm-hmm. Paul as well in his letters is, right. you know, that there's always been a budding of some aspects of the character of God. One of my teachers actually mm-hmm. used this illustration I really like, as far as you have. The mercy of God, mm-hmm. the justice of God, the judgment of God, mm-hmm. you know, that, and just like in Exodus thirty-four, when God's describing Himself, He says, right. "Slow to anger, compassionate, but by yeah. no means uh, ignoring or acquitting the uh, mm-hmm. sin of the guilty." It's like you know, right. so He is just; he, he is a just God, but He's a merciful God. Well, right. those are two opposite ends of the spectrum, and then throughout yeah. the story of Scripture, He's saying. Those two portions of God's character just hitting, bumping up each other all the time. And sometimes you see very plainly his justice mm-hmm. whenever he sends something like a flood. Right. But then you see his mercy, like right. saving Noah through the ark. I mean, and it's just back and forth. And then, of course, in Jesus. It's perfect. It's where justice and love meet. Yeah. Where justice and mercy, you know, find their resolution mm-hmm. and obviously we see in scripture that that was no new idea to God yeah. he'd been planning on having that be the solution yeah from the beginning of time right um, which the solution isn't something or some it was himself action yeah it's just himself well, given that holiness yeah. is based on relationship and then I think even post after the cross right what does Jesus do he comes back, comes back from the dead, hangs out for a few days and says, all right, go, do, yeah. your, do, your, do your thing. Your thing isn't you. It isn't mm-hmm. you becoming anything other than be more like me, yeah. be holy, and carry that justice and that grace with you everywhere you Precisely. go. Precisely. Bring it to so, others so that they exactly. can see the justice and the mercy of God yeah. reconciling in our life. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, those two things will still bump up occasionally, and we won't so know true. how to always handle, but... Well, I may favor, or I may prefer the justice side, and you may prefer the mercy side and, and the grace side, and, like, that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he, you're you're here to show me how to, how to receive and also give mercy. Mm-hmm. I'm here to show you maybe 
where where Don't justice like comes the, in. The justice, yeah. Right. And there's that perfect balance that we seek. So And we seek anyway. it by getting closer to Jesus because he's the perfect Absolutely. fulfillment of it. So the closer Absolutely. we get to Jesus, the better we get it, that balance. No yeah. doubt. May we seek him every day. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for joining us, either uh, on YouTube or our website, or even if you're listening to this in a podcast form, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this conversation and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. You can reach us at our website, winsboro.church. You can contact us and just let us know, uh, or even comment below and just let us know what your thought is on that question or how God approaches unholiness. I think it would be a cool way to ask this is if you can think of another Bible story or maybe even a story in your own personal life, I think that would be really awesome to yeah. to hear from you. And you let us know what are some ways that you've seen either personally or in Scripture God approach holiness or unholiness rather. So, yeah. Colby, thank you again. Thank you, KT. I've enjoyed this. and Thank you for watching. Yeah, absolutely. We look forward to seeing you all this Sunday, either online or in person. In person, we do have our Sunday morning Bible class. That's starting at 9.30 and then our worship at 10.30. And then you can catch the online worship any point on Sunday. So, awesome. We look forward to seeing you all very soon.